I found my sense of purpose in motherhood without looking for it there. And it completely overwhelmed me. I just felt like I am meant more than anything to be this child's mother. Hello and welcome to Mother the Mother. I am McLean McGowan. This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman, and I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm so excited to be here with Erin Ehrenberg of Totem, which is a beautiful platform for women. She currently is making lactation cookies, but it's also more than that. It's really a place for new mamas to come and share and feel part of a group. She is Totem, T-O-T-U-M on Instagram, Totem Woman. And I was just looking at her website and I, re- I really loved what it, it says. It says, you've got this mama. Our cookies are nutritious and tasty, helping mothers increase their milk supply, energy and sense of satisfaction and providing the nutrients and support a mother needs during a magical but trying time. And I love that because it is, it's both of those things. It's one of the most challenging moments in our lives. And it's also the most incredible and beautiful and love-filled sacred windows and portals of time. And I actually was just speaking with a new client about that. And she really reflected back something that I tend to preach, but it was so beautiful hearing it from her where she just said, I want to enjoy this time. I want to love my postpartum. And postpartum, you know, kind of has this shadow around the term and it really should be celebrated for this beautiful time. I mean, it's this amazing transition. It's getting to know this baby that we've welcomed Earthside, you know, for a lot of us wanting a baby for many, many years and then it happens and then we're just busy and thrown in and trying to get back. And it's like, no, if you can be present and really enjoy that time. It's it's, um, it's just magical. So I just wanted to share that. I thought that was really a beautiful, um, a beautiful little one-liner. Erin is awesome. I really love her. She just moved away from LA, which now I'm bummed out about, but she'll be back. I'm going to read her bio. She's a mom of three, three children attorney, serial business builder, and most recently the founder of Totem. Totem, which means whole in Latin, is born of Erin's experience as a new mother who craved more honest support, information, and resources from women who had been there before. In his first year, Totem launched a mother support cookie that was featured in Goop, created a cause supporting tea that became a favorite of women like Kate Hudson, Minka Kelly, and Mina Harris, hosted wellness events for new moms, and has spoken plenty of truth into the world about what it means to be a modern mother. And uh, in our interview, Erin is just so honest. She's so real. She's been in business for decades. Um, I had no idea 
her history in the business world, which I was so impressed by. And so she's really bringing that business mind into the women's work field in the birth world, which I so appreciate. And I feel like we have so much to learn from her. I have so much personally to learn from her because this outdated, you know, look of doulas and midwives and birth workers, you know, being so burnt out, the the burnout rate has just been staggering. And I think when we can do better business for ourselves, have better boundaries, take better care of ourselves and really, you know, enjoy the work that we do. Like I want to be in this work for the long haul for my life. I mean, it's my calling. And in so doing, I need to, you know, learn how to run it as a real business. So anyway, I just really appreciate her. I hope you enjoy the listen. I got so many little gems of knowledge from her and she's an incredible woman, mother and um, new friend. So enjoy and Jema. Hi, Erin. Hello. How Thank are you? Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. This so girl. everyone, I'm sitting down with Erin Ehrenberg of Totem, mother of three, and we're finally meeting in real life. We've been following so nice. each other and connecting on Instagram over the yeah. past year or two, yeah. I guess. Yeah. It's about two years. Yeah. yeah. So thank you so much for coming. Thanks You're for having me. Making time in your couple days here in LA. So I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thanks thank for having you. me. I'm so glad to meet you. Thank you. You too. So tell me a little bit about how you started Totem or your journey as a mom, mm-hmm. kind of your your intro, and then I'm sure we'll go from there. Sure. So yeah, so those two answer to that is very, they're very related to one mm-hmm. another. So growing up, I was really driven academically and uh, put a lot of my kind of energy into going into a great school. I mm-hmm. grew up in a really small town and Where I kind of- from? Steubenville, Ohio. Okay. So tiny town. Mm-hmm. There was a boom there during the steel mill boom in the mm-hmm. 50s, but then the economy had kind of collapsed. And so I loved my parents. They're amazing and they're still really involved in the community, but I just kind of had set my sights on, I want to be somewhere where there's more going on and more energy. And I grew up traveling all over the world with mm-hmm. my mom. I'd been to 40 countries by the time I was 18. Oh, wow. So were you an only child? No, oh, I was, well, I'm seven years older than my okay. sister. And so unfortunately for my sister, my mom and I started doing that together. <laughs> yeah, and that's amazing. so I'd seen a lot, even mm-hmm. though I was from a small town. So wanted to, I was always really focused on achieving. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that because I, what the idea of becoming a mom wasn't present for me as I was growing up. I wasn't a girl who babysat and it it just wasn't on my mind. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I see our daughter who's four years old and everything is about her baby dolls. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just there for her. It's Mm -hmm. always present. And she says all the time, I want to be a mommy and this and this and this. That wasn't me. I was really just focused on getting great education and then accomplishing these exciting things and moving to a bigger town. And so I, you know, I started out my career in tech right out of college, then went to law school and was an IP attorney, lived everywhere from Nashville to New York City, and then came to LA to run a foundation here. And then ended up again back in tech. So I've done a lot of different things, learned a lot, met a lot of really great people 
then ended up getting married, actually met my husband because he was the veterinarian that I went to when I oh first God, came out I here. Oh. Yeah. And um, when with we your got, dog or cat? With or, my dog. Uh-huh. I had a golden retriever oh. named Abe. Cute. And as soon as I moved to LA, I had a Google, I was in Malibu. So I Googled Malibu vet and he was the vet and he was wow. super cute. And oh, I love that. Like nerdy in a great way. He didn't uh-huh. have any of that kind of like slickness mm-hmm. to him. So I fell really hard mm-hmm. and we got married and I got pregnant right after we got married. I had actually gotten great advice from my best friend who said, you know, when you get married, just think about being open to becoming pregnant. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, mm-hmm. if that works for you, maybe don't just say, okay, we're going to wait and try after a year, be open to mm-hmm. it. Because once you're really, really ready for it, then sometimes that can create more stress. Yeah. yeah. So again, not thinking like, oh, I have to have a baby or whatever. I was just like, sure, I'm open to the possibility. Got pregnant immediately. And then really started to discover the mother inside Mm -hmm. of me in an amazing way and took everything about it so seriously. I mean, I was really interested in my childbirth options and ended up taking a Bradley course and loved it. Oh yeah, we had the same Bradley person. That's right. I forgot that. Susan. (laughs) Yeah. Shout out to Susan. (laughs) Yeah. So as you know, like went and sat in those little chairs and brought my three months. It's a commitment. It was a Mm -hmm. commitment. Yes. And my husband and I were both really in it. And um, so I had this amazing birth and you know, um, it was unmedicated, which by the way, I love the move from natural childbirth to unmedicated. I think Mm -hmm. that's like a great movement right now in our Mm -hmm. culture. So anyways, had this lovely birth, but then when I got home from the hospital, I was just shocked at how much I didn't know Mm -hmm. and how much I didn't even know to know. I mean, while I was pregnant, there were so many resources. So I knew to think about what kind of birth I wanted, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, I feel more in our culture. Women have opinions and ideas and say to you, like, I did it this way. I think about this, X, Y, Z. Then you get home with a baby. I know. I didn't know how much I didn't know. And, you know, I always say to people, you hear people say, it's so overwhelming when you become a new mom because there's not a manual to take care of the baby. Well, I think what we're really trying to say is there's not a manual for us. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of resources yeah. for the baby, thank God. I mean, we mm-hmm. need them. But, you know, I had a really difficult recovery and I didn't understand why. I mean, mm-hmm. I just had this lovely birth. The end of my birth, though, was I now realize kind of traumatic. So I was, I went into labor. I was able to, you know, go through every level of tra- uh, contractions and transition, all of that unmedicated. But then I really hadn't, I guess, paid attention to how to push. Mm. And my doctor was telling me to do the whole purple pushing where you hold your breath and Mm. you push against it. And I now know Mm. it's against everything Mm -hmm. in terms of the mechanics of how our pelvic floor and our diaphragm works. Mm -hmm. And so I'm pushing, 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 and nothing Mm. is progressing. And she said to me, again, such a vulnerable place. You know, I've just come through this huge- uh, You're at the end of that journey, yeah. Yes, exactly. And she said, okay- you can keep pushing for another maybe two hours or I can give you an episiotomy and you meet, meet your baby right now. So what am I going to say? Uh, I said, meet, yeah. let's meet the baby. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't have a doula. You know, Bradley, mm-hmm. for those of you that haven't or aren't familiar with Bradley, it's a husband-assisted yes. birthing. And, and my husband was perfect for that, being a veterinarian. Yeah. He understands a lot about anatomy and, you know, he was great. And, and it's very, all about really going for the natural, which yes. I think overall is great. But the... The only downside to Bradley is I think they need to do a little bit more education of like things change. Yes. And like, because I think 
at least for me, I had so much like guilt and shame of that mm. it went a different way than mm. I wanted with my first mm-hmm. because I was just so, I had no plan B. It was like plan A, right. that's it. Right. You know, and I, there was no room for anything else. I totally hear you. And that came up for me with our third. Mm. But um, so from all that pushing, I got an episiotomy. And then once I did, the nurses were saying, you have to, you have to quote unquote, take Vicodin. Mm-hmm. And you know you're not you you might not be in pain now, but you're going to be, and you have to take it as like a preventative. You have right. to do this. Stay on top of it. Again, after that, all of that journey, I'm just exhausted, and I'm holding mm-hmm. my baby, and I went for it. Well, mm-hmm. as it turns out, that constipated me so badly. Mm-hmm. So what was going on is that I got home and I couldn't get off. I was like lying down on my stomach, and I just every time I got up, it was so painful. Um, and I, I, being on my stomach was the only thing that felt comfortable. So I would nurse and then lie back down again. And finally I, I said, this just doesn't seem right. I know mm-hmm. recovery is hard, but this is different. Yes, Something's like wrong. Mm-hmm. And I, by the way, said that to my doctor when she called, she didn't come by. She called me to see mm-hmm. how I was doing in the hospital. And I said, I think something's wrong. Like there's a feeling that I have kind of near my perineum. It feels like something's wrong, but I don't know what. And her response was, you will be able to run in about six weeks, but before now and then, just kind of take it easy, maybe some yoga. I mean, it was, you know, the lawyer oh in me would say God. non-responsive, right? Yeah, <laughs> That's, yeah that is not- Does not address wow. what I said. Yeah. And, um, so you know, and I have a lot of kind of like grace- toward the position she's in. I know that there's so much stress on OBGYNs and there's a lot I love about my doctor. And But I just, I really think it's a cultural thing where we it's need to- So deep. You know, there's yes, so many different layers so to it. So deep. So Ugh. fast forward to, I'm at home. Still haven't figured this out. Are you a big runner? Like that's so random that she would so even random. say that. I'm not, I'm not. It's Cause like, that's the last thing I want to do for right? years. Right? After having a child. I know. Yeah, and oh it shows God. you too, the lack of, kind of understanding of the importance of the pelvic floor, yeah. even for an OBGYN. Totally. I mean, running. Yeah. No. No. And she just gave me the episiotomy, by the way. Oh my God. So fast forward to, I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with me and I'm getting kind of down thinking, I don't understand. I yeah. thought everything went well and it didn't. And so my mom was helping me for the first month, which was awesome. And I said, can you just look at my vagina? Because in my mind, my vagina yeah. was like two flapping wings. That's what I told her. I was like, I feel like there's just flapping wings. Totally. I don't know what's going on down there. Please look. I don't know what's happening. And she looked and she was so sweet. She said, it's beautiful. You just have a really big bruise right beside your vagina. And I think because you're constipated, that's pushing on the bruise oh and that's what's creating the pain. I mean, the bruise was intense. I ended up looking at it. And my husband came home from work and said, if you were a cat, I would give you an enema. Mm-hmm. I was like, great, go Let's to CBS. Yeah. Let's, Let's do it. 30 seconds later, I mean, I gave it to myself, by the way. I was yeah. like, you're not going to actually give <laughs> the enema. Uh, you can give in the sense yeah. of handing to my hands. Yeah. So gave myself an enema and it was like heaven opened up mm. for me. I mean, it was wild. Mm. And it just, that was the first time I realized this is, insane what I just had Mm -hmm. to go through to solve such a simple problem. And it made me look at just the culture around motherhood. And also from a business perspective, I think, because I've helped build a lot of businesses from the ground up, like just the founders, and then I would come in and help us build. And so I have that kind of business sensibility too. I thought, 
A, from a business sense standpoint, there's a lot of white space Mm. in the arena of caring for a new mother. Mm -hmm. I don't see anybody doing it well. And this was in 2012. Mm -hmm. And then also from more importantly, from a service perspective, which I've learned about myself over and over, that's where I'm motivated. Mm -hmm. It's, I just have a deep heart for wanting to serve. Mm -hmm. I felt like I want to do something. I, if there's one woman who is this constipated and this much pain and this confused and starting to go down the rabbit hole of being sad as a new mom when she doesn't need to, I want to do, I I want to tell that story. Mm -hmm. So I had all these different ideas of kind of a company or an organization or something that I wanted to build, but I just had this strong sense that I wanted one of my next moves, if it wasn't the immediate next move, to be to help women as they journey into motherhood. So that that's so where the how I founded Totem eventually. I mean, it took me five more years to get up the kind of guts and get rid of the limiting beliefs that I had mm-hmm. about whether I could start something of my own from scratch to do it. But that's really where it came from. So what I where I started talking about the type A stuff with me is that I... Also, the huge thing that happened for me as I became a mother was that I found my sense of purpose in motherhood Mm -hmm. without looking for it there. Mm -hmm. And it completely overwhelmed me. Mm -hmm. I just felt like I am meant more than anything to be this child's mother. We, I felt so connected to him immediately. I, all the instincts were firing. It was just working, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and I was overwhelmed with how much I loved motherhood. And really didn't imagine how I could go back to the job that I had in tech. And this, mm. it was really fast paced. And like I mentioned, we went from five people to it was 120 now. And I was wow. a big part of building that. And our CEO was calling me mm. at least every couple of days, every single hire that he made, he wanted my ear. I just had this vision mm. of me nursing wow. the baby and talking about like our next hire, like the head of film in our vertical and thinking, wow. I'm just not there. Mm-hmm. And I now, the words I now have for it that I didn't have at the time was that I was very much in my feminine polarity Mm -hmm. in a way that I had not been. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had been in this male polarity from the time I was in high school thinking about getting out of Steubenville, you know, and I Mm -hmm. thought, you know, to achieve that, I've got to be super focused and decisive and quick and, Mm -hmm. you know, striving. And then, and especially becoming an attorney, then I worked at an agency. All of that was just very fast-paced and quick and you're having to be kind of manipulative to negotiate all of that. Mm -hmm. Well, when I I became a mother, I felt this permission to slow down, to warm up, to be open, to receive and be Mm -hmm. received in a way that I had not experienced it. And I absolutely loved it. So it was as much loving my son as it was loving that there was this person inside of me who was so nurturing and warm and soft Mm -hmm. because I had been a long time since I'd met her. Mm. So that for me was overwhelming Mm, and I didn't see how that was going to work back at this, you know, head of business affairs and business development at a tech company. Mm -hmm. And so I I told the story last night, but a moment for me in that was that I took our, our son at this point was two months old and I took him with me to Toronto, Canada to visit my best friend. And I was really excited about that. And I really believe, and I I want more women to hear this, that, you know, if you're feeling a lack of confidence as a mother, do something you're afraid of. Mm -hmm. And then look at 
look at that achievement and feel more powerful. So for me, one thing was everybody had said to me, oh, it's so hard to fly with an infant. You know, you're not going to want to be flying for a couple years. Well, traveling is super important to me. I've also, as I mentioned, lived a lot of places. Mm -hmm. So my friends are, you know, my like family Mm -hmm. and I want to continue to see them. So I decided I'm going to do this. I And I know it's not going to be easy, but I'm going to become more confident and I'm going to learn all these hacks for myself. And, mm. and I did, and it was the best experience. So I felt even more empowered in this idea of like, I really don't think I want to go back to this job. I don't know what's next for me, but for a while, I want to be a full-time mother and that's what I want. And I had expressed this over and over to my husband and I truly think he was not hearing me mm. because of who I'd been before right. then. I think he thought this is probably a passing phase and it's mm-hmm. hormones or whatever. And I need to be the one that goes about the planning of figuring out how she's getting back to work. And I'm, right. I think there's probably a little bit of financial fear too, because I was making a nice income. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I came back from that trip and got in the car with our baby. And my husband said, I have amazing news. I found our nanny. And I was just, I just started bawling. And I just, I didn't want that. I felt like I was subcontracting out the best mm-hmm. part of my life to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I, I went for it. And the person who became our nanny is wonderful. And she's still in our lives. Mm-hmm. And as I'm here in LA, mm-hmm. these next couple of weeks, she's taking care of the kids. So, I mean, that's a wonderful thing that resulted, but it also, it was tough. So I went back and my milk supply dropped through the floor because I was, again, like in that male space. Totally stressed. I mean, the stress. So stressed. It's part of it. Absolutely. So that was when I came up with the, um, the lactation cookie that was our first product in the market. I wanted something that would help me produce more milk, but tasted good. And I kept having this vision of my grandma who's passed, just giving me a big hug or even rocking me mm. and giving me something that would really taste nurturing. Mm. And I didn't want it to be a bar or something that didn't taste. I wanted it to just feel like, you know, that moment when you bite into like a really good cookie and you just feel like, mm, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's like a sweater. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to create. So I ended up creating that cookie and was giving it to friends and family and was encouraged by all of them to make it a business, but learned That's later so cool. that one of the things stopping me was that I don't want to be quote unquote, just a lactation cookie. Mm. I really want Totem to be about creating a community that's open and honest and non-judgmental for mothers and is part of this cultural zeitgeist, mm-hmm. the way I see it, of supporting a woman postpartum. Mm. I love it so much. Just got chills. Uh-huh. So are you going to build into other products? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, I have a lot of ideas and I've even, you know, written through some other, you know, kind of hard good products. Mm -hmm. We did a shirt last summer that Mm -hmm. um, it was kind of a nursing accessible shirt, really deep V. And it said, we belong together and Mm -hmm. funds raised went through, went um, to help families who are separated at the Mm -hmm. border. Mm -hmm. And so that's the other thing I I love about having my own business. I can, when something moves me, I can do something about it. it. Yeah. So awesome. So that was one thing. But then I I lately, you know, I really checked in with myself about where I want Totem to go at the beginning of the year. And I really am focusing now more on resources and community and connection and what that looks like. And so we have Amazing. some plans around that. But I think that's where the big gap is. And I like mm-hmm. being able to put something in a woman's hand, but I'm noticing that what women really connect with is when they feel 
understood and heard. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Me Too is such a great mm-hmm. tagline for that movement because you know, even after the event I did last night, so many women reached out to me and said, oh my gosh, me too. And yeah. I heard you say, you feel you've been dragged behind the bus of your life before mm-hmm. you did something about it. That's how I feel every day. And listen to this story. Listen to what I did last night. Like I fell asleep after working a shift all night and I forgot to pick my daughter up and I feel mm. terrible. And and being able to say to that woman, no, 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 no. this is not about you feeling terrible. Your body's telling you yeah. way too much yeah. and you need support. And so and anytime we've done, you know, kind of talking circles or events, it, I just find women are craving hearing somebody else say what they're feeling totally. so they know they're not alone. Totally. I mean, that's the whole reason I want to do this podcast. We just need to share our stories. It's that village. Totally. However, we can create it, whether it's on the internet, podcasts, you know, having different circles, different cities at different times, different events. I mean, just whatever, however it manifests, it's so important. Absolutely. And that's, you know, we're really going to be the ones to create that for ourselves. Absolutely. No one else is going to be doing it. We have to. So true. And it is a cultural zeitgeist. I mean, Mm -hmm. we're so lucky having come through this world, you know, my oldest is seven and a half mm-hmm. and just the the birth world is so different. And yes, we're in LA and there's so much opportunity here mm-hmm. and so much, re, so many resources, but you know, it's night and day. Between when she was born yeah, and now, and I could yeah. not agree more. It's really yeah. a whole other thing. And just having these conversations because yeah. no one was talking about any of this. No. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I think, um, you know, I agree with everything you said. And I also, because we moved to South Carolina in this last year. And at first I was really concerned and kind of sad about the lack of the resources and community and all of that. But then what I realized the biggest issue is, is no one's willing to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so I find the willingness to talk about it first helps mm-hmm. create space yes. for the resources and community. And, you know, and there are even some women that I've met there who I really admire, but I've thought like, oh, I bet she would never mm-hmm. like have a really open conversation about her husband not coming through for her right now or what's going on with her pelvic floor after three babies. But then yeah. they'll hear something that I do somewhere else and say, you know what, that's going on with me and I didn't realize it, but I'm just not the same after number three. And who did you go to for help with that? So I think it's really about having the conversation and keeping that conversation going and then figuring out who you connect with. And that's why I'm so happy to be here with you and all the ways that we've connected before this Mm -hmm. is that women connect with it and have just a great way of saying, well, what can we do together to make this bigger? Yeah. And that's really exciting to me. Totally. And and if you do feel called, this is for everybody, you know, speak your truth, whatever that mm-hmm. is, in however little way you can, because sure. someone needs to hear it. Absolutely. You know, and I think there's just so much power to that. And I get inspiration all the time. You know, one thing someone will say, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's what I needed to hear today. Yeah. You know? Yes. And I think with Instagram, we are able to reach so many people and, and connect, but I think the in-person is just, so important. It's, it's so important. Everything. And, you know, I'm in this, this interesting place where I think so many of us are, where it's, we've gotten so much positivity from social media, mm-hmm. but there's like a real dark side. There's, there's such a, a dark very, side. very dark side. And, you know, the people that are designing Instagram, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's such a mental thing we're doing to ourselves it as is. well. And so I think just always coming back to the grassroots. Like, yes. Yes, we can meet and we can talk and we can things and then let's organize yes. and be together. And I'm, I'm in the same boat of like, you know, as we were talking about real estate before we started recording, <laughs> but 
you know, I really want a little yard and a patch of grass and a little bigger space where I can start holding circles and having more community because I just, I feel so called to do it. Yep. Well, and you're so good at it. Well, thank you. I mean, even if three people show up, you yeah. know, those three people that need it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I needed it. You know? Yes. And you don't know what comes from that, the yeah. ripple effect around it. And, yeah. you know, a really interesting example of exactly what you said is, and I, again, couldn't agree more about Instagram. I'm both grateful for it. And I, I recently decided, you know what, if I'm going to be on Instagram at all, I need to learn how this works. Like mm-hmm. everything about the algorithm and the hashtags and all of that, because I'm either completely wasting my time and mm-hmm. completely being distracted and disengaged with my life and doing it anyway, mm-hmm. or I'm going to do it, quote yes. unquote, the right way and then be done and move about my day. But I have met so many amazing women who are in this space who, you know, they have a different take. You know, one of them that I connected with in Austin recently, her whole focus is postpartum mm. mood disorders. Mm. Another one runs an account that's all about being a safe place for mom kind of secrets, like things that women feel they can't talk about. Mm -hmm. They talk about them in her DMs and she then opens it up and makes it anonymous. And another woman who runs a a space for community and self-care in Austin and is growing that. We met online, Mm -hmm. which it's so weird for me because being a little bit older, I still have this image of if you meet online, you're a creep, right. you know? Right. Like, totally. It's like these online chat rooms and AOL. Yeah. I'm like, these are creeps. Yeah. And so I always feel weird saying that. Mm-hmm. But then, and, and so and it's funny to me because I think like Gen Z doesn't necessarily think that way. No, it's, it's super normal. normal. Yes. <laughs> um, but I, you know, we ended up, we said, let's do this event together mm-hmm. in Austin so around cool. the summit. And we did an event in real life. And it was the four of us. And I talked to career and motherhood. One woman talked um, mom shame and guilt. The other one was self-care and the other one was Mm. postpartum um, mood disorders. And we had four tables and every woman that attended could pick two of them. And we did sort of uh, like musical tables and we did, we each did like two groups. And we started off by telling our stories, but with a lens toward why we were going to talk about that topic. And we intentionally told a story that put us out of our comfort zone. Like I told the the cat thing because I think mm-hmm. women are like, God, I have something like that too. That was so embarrassing. Mm-hmm. But like she said it. So now right. it's safe, you yeah. know? And um, we, the feedback we got is about 40 women. It was very stripped down intentionally. All we had were tea and water. And we mm-hmm. thought about doing giveaways and stuff. We did like a mini thing, but that was just kind of lame. It was mm-hmm. just women just wanted to be together. Yes. And it oh, was on a Saturday that. morning and we talked. And I mean, there were tears, there was laughing, there were connections being made from both a business mm-hmm. perspective and just friends. And then the women that I met there since then, I mean, the response was just incredible. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that from like, oh, like a braggy business thing. It was more that this is so needed. These yes. conversations in real life, people yes. saying, you know, I don't hear anybody else saying that they were all about achieving and then love being a mother and then were really freaked out about the self-judgment they had around mm-hmm. wanting to be a full-time mom. No one's saying that. Everybody's right. saying lean in and you can right. get a girl and you go girl and girl boss and all of mm-hmm. that. And that's great if that's yeah. what your yeah. value. Yeah, right. Yeah. But, um, you know, just having that space for different conversations, mm-hmm. we were all, four of us that did the event together, just blown away mm-hmm. by how much the women needed it. It's incredible. Yeah, it was. Especially in the South. And I love you're in the South because people don't like to talk about Sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. No, yeah, it's so true. (laughs) I mean, I'm from, you know, Tennessee and being back in Memphis and 
you know, my young mommy friends are like, thank you for doing the podcast because there's literally no one that I want to talk to, you know? Oh. And it's like, I mean, I feel like this is just like the tip of the iceberg. Absolutely. But it's at least making them feel like they're not so alone. Yes, I and, couldn't agree more. I mean, I'm just really glad that you're you're spreading that because it's just so needed. And I think also I love the stripped down aspect because mm-hmm. I feel like that is one thing at LA. It's like all these events have to be so kind of she-she and yeah. the giveaways and the tote bags. And yeah. Like, yeah, those are nice, but I mean, most of that stuff I never even use anyway. Know, and it just feels like I'm wasting paper. 100%. And it doesn't have to be that complicated. Yep. It just needs to be women sharing and showing up for each other. True. And you know what? I The word I started to feel about it is distracting. Yes. That's not the yeah. point. That's Mm-mm. not why we're here. Yeah. And if that's why somebody's coming, you know, they can get a gift bag elsewhere, yeah. you know. And it keeps it kind of on the surface. I mean, yes. I'm so glad there are so many different events and birth and postpartum and like all this stuff and motherhood and pregnancy, but so much of it still is really on the shallow level. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so to do the deep dive, I think takes a lot of bravery and just, you don't know who's showing up. So you're just like, I'm here, I'm sharing. I'm (laughs) like going to show you some dart. (laughs) Yes, for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. But it's so beautiful that you're doing that. Oh, well, you too. So for that space, as Totem was being created, did you go through a lot of different phases of what you thought your offering would be? Can you talk about a little bit? Because I think that's so expansive for people to hear. Right. Because every almost every mom I know is so creative and mm-hmm. now is home and doesn't want to go back to work, right. and, but wants to work. Right. And so just, I think it's helpful to kind of talk about what that journey can look like and sure. not get down on yourself. Because I yes. feel like that, it's like, you know, I have this conversation a lot with my mom friends. It's like, you're hiring the nanny. So you mm-hmm. have the space to work. Right. But then you feel guilty because right. those hours you're like dreaming and thinking uh-huh. and plotting, but you're not making the money. So it's just such a thing. Tough. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. So one thing that's important in my answer is that it took me a long time. Mm-hmm. And as you say, I mean, my son is about Jemima's age. He'll mm-hmm. be seven in July. And I didn't start Totem until, I mean, it was the very end of 2017, truly didn't launch until the beginning of 2018. Mm-hmm. And part of that was figuring out what my true mission was and how to help. And so, and also understanding myself and really getting rid of these limiting beliefs about myself. And that took me getting some help with a coach. So mm-hmm. between me starting Totem and when I had the idea of, I want to be of service for women postpartum. I was a full-time mom. Then I went to work at WME, which is a mm. massive agency here, yeah. like total wild culture. Wow. But what was interesting, this is like a little bit of a side story, but I find it really empowering is that, so I had become this unwittingly like this crowdfunding expert because oh, the tech wow. company I was with was in the crowdfunding cool. space. And WME was interested in crowdfunding and, you know, because there were some celebrities doing campaigns to fund Mm -hmm. films and passion projects. And they came to me and said, we want, we're thinking of either hiring like an outside consulting agency or a person, but we're leaning toward a person. And we think, you know, we're really interested in you. You can come chat with us. And I ended up saying, thanks to advice, my dear friend, Rachel, who runs the Grapevine Agency, which is Mm -hmm. a placement agency for domestic help and also um, professional. Yeah, they're amazing. Um, But I, she's just a role model to me in terms of balance. Mm -hmm. I find her to be the woman that if you're with her as a friend, she is with you as a friend. Mm -hmm. When she's with her kids, she's with her kids. And then meanwhile, she somehow has this amazing business. So I'd always really admired her. And I said, Rach, I, so what I do know is that I don't want to give up my time 
with George. Then I was also pregnant with our second. Mm. Um, I don't want to give up my time with them, but I'm intrigued by this. I'm really bad at looking at my week and figuring out what are my working hours? What are my kids yes, help yes. me? And she gave me great advice. She said, you know, you're very much this like divide and conquer, like separation of church and state person. Mm-hmm. So just tell them you'll be there Tuesday through Thursday. You'll give them full days, but 20 hours total a week mm-hmm. and take the same pay that you would take otherwise if you were there full time because a mom yeah. is so efficient. Totally. We don't mess totally. around, oh right? God. I don't have time for no. water cooler. No. Like I've had it there, you know, be doing bad duty yeah. than water cooler totally. any day of the week. So I did that and it worked out. And I mean, Amazing. as you know, living here in LA, I mean, who could be more intimidating to negotiate with than mm-hmm. an agency? But I just really meant it. And I said, listen, Incredible. I promised myself I wasn't going to work for anybody else. You know, if if and when I decided to stop being a full-time mom, so here are my terms. And they're like, sure, great. Oh, I love that. So I did that and it was it was awesome. Do um, they have a women CEO? Women CEO? I'm, no, they're okay. Ari and Patrick. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Um so they, so I did that, but that really got me off course in terms of totem. I mean, it was mm. a total zigzag. Mm. And then I got further off course because I was kind of recruited out by a company called Omaze that puts together these experiences with celebrities and raffles them off for charity online. And it's a really cool opportunity, amazing group of people. But in going there... I really got lured back Mm. in by all of the things that used to be values to me Mm. and not my true values. And so about a year into that, and I was working, I mean, beyond full-time. It was Mm. like, we need you in New York tomorrow. Okay, I'm going to New York. And, you know, I now have two children. My my oldest started really acting out and I had no, you know, I didn't have the ability to have the insight into why he was acting out. I wasn't around. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, truly at the end of the day, there's only so many hours of the day. And so if our children are awake and we're not with them, it's hard to feel like we're actually the ones who are bringing them up. And that's, for me, that's my truth. And so I was, I got really off course and it ended up right after the winter heart break, I came back from being home with my parents and I ran into this woman in the hallway of our kids' preschool and she was just asking me about my work. And we ended up having this like deep conversation. I said to her, that's where the drag behind my, the bus thing came up where I said, I should say, I am, I'm just off. You know, I don't feel good about what I'm doing right now. I don't feel like I'm growing the way I want to grow. Meanwhile, I'm missing the time with my kids. And I, I feel depressed mm-hmm. for the first time maybe ever. I just feel really depressed. And it's showing up in my relationship with my husband, my relationship with my kid. I'm just down. Mm-hmm. And it turned out she's a life coach, so to speak, or executive coach for working mothers. Oh, amazing. I'm just amazing. What's her name? Sarah Gibbons. Okay. She's amazing. She's here. She's in the palace. Really? Yeah. Okay, shout out Sarah. Shout out Sarah. Sarah. She's her. the best. She's <laughs> awesome. But she was the one that cool. even gave me those words, limiting mm-hmm. beliefs. And, you know, and I told her about Totem and I didn't, it wasn't called Totem at the time. Right, it's just, your, this is what dream. I want to do. Yeah. And one of the exercises among many that she had me do was to, you know, write out what are all the reasons that I'm not going to do this? And then in one column, and that's in one column and another column, totally reframe those, like mm-hmm. flip them. How would I flip it on its head? So for example, I can't be an entrepreneur because entrepreneurs have to work all the time if they want to be successful. That's the, like a limiting belief, right? Then in the other column, that's where I flip it. I, I remember saying something like, 
if I'm an entrepreneur, I am the one who determines how much time I spend on my work Mm. and how much time I spend with my children and what work and success look like for me. Mm. And that in and of itself was like, whoa. Yeah. And so that exercise was huge. And so that's less on the mechanics of how did I know what product to launch Mm -hmm. with and much more, you know, to the moms that you're talking about, much more, I think the important stuff is like, okay, you've hired this nanny, you're ready. What is really holding you back? And it sounds like, you know, for the example you gave, if somebody's saying, all right, I have this person who's going to help me with childcare, but I feel guilty um, about putting this time and I'm not making money yet. That to me sounds like somebody who's afraid to make an investment in themselves. So that's Mm -hmm. a self-worth thing. And for me, that's what kept coming up for me. I mean, it costs money to work with an executive coach and I felt so guilty about it. And then while I was in this place of like, I have to tell Sarah, no, like we can't afford this Mm -hmm. kind of thing. My husband was like, I want to get this car. And it was like kind of a fancy car and kind of an expensive car. And we were looking at it and I thought to myself, you know, it's funny he doesn't have a problem getting this car at all. Mm-hmm. And this car's way less than what it would cost for me to sit with Sarah. And I'm just going to be brave mm-hmm. and have a conversation with him and say, you know, I want us to invest in my personal development a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was so scared, which is like speaks, there's that, yeah. a ton of unpacking there around that, to have that conversation with him. But he was amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, you know, and really it was all about my own yeah. self-worth. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, will he support me or not? No, it was me speaking up for, hey, I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know the how, I don't know the when, but I know that I need to develop myself and something's keeping me. Because on the face of it, great. Like I went to a great school and I have a law degree and I've helped run other people's why couldn't I be a successful CEO? But for me, I thought like, there's no way. You yeah. you can't. Yeah. And so getting really clear on what my values are, number one, and, and defining my top five values myself, like in my own words, to go back to that. And then getting clear on what my limiting beliefs were and then flipping it and mm-hmm. saying, but actually these are positives. That was super freeing. And then... In terms of what the product is, I mean, I really spent a lot of time thinking about, do I build a community first or do I launch the product first? And as we mentioned with Instagram, like the double-edged sort of Instagrams, that it can be really helpful to build this big community and then Mm -hmm. offer something. But that felt really disingenuous to Mm -hmm. me. I felt like "Mm, my mission is about creating a global conversation for women about what it means to be a postpartum woman in our modern culture. It's really what I want to do. So I'm going to do both at the same time. And the first thing that I've happened to conceive of that can help them, that helped me and some of my friends and colleagues is this cookie. So I'll try to get this cookie in their hands while we have this conversation together. Yeah. And I also was really intentional about the kind of women that we featured mm-hmm. <clears throat> from the get-go. I mean, mm-hmm. I happened to be a white girl living in West LA at the time mm-hmm. and felt really weird about, you know, what that means because that's not how I grew up. I mean, I grew up in a really diverse background and socioeconomically, racially, it was super diverse. And so the person you might see from the outside now is like very much not what things looked like when I was growing up. And mm-hmm. and so that, and then also just my exposure to international travel. And, you know, I studied um, international relations Mm. in undergrad. So that's all very present to me. 
You've done a lot of stuff. Uh, <laughs> a lot of stuff. I've been lucky that way. But I, I just really didn't want this to just be about me and like, mm-hmm. you know, my life as a mom. And because yeah. as hard as it can be, I know I'm super lucky and yeah. it's a privilege yeah. to even be able to decide, am I working or am I not? I mean, most women have to work because it's extremely expensive to raise a child. And so, you know, we featured some women, uh, you know, across the globe from the beginning and were, you know, we didn't always use perfect pictures and I wasn't going to have just a bunch of photo shoots at my home, all of that stuff. I love that so much. I mean, I'm the same way. Good. And, you know, I mean, the reality is you get a lot more likes and followers from like the beautifully curated everything. But like, I don't feel that's not, that's not the real life of no, a mother. And I don't want to promote that, you no. know? So I so am in alignment with that with you too. Yeah. But you know, when I see people and accounts that are really showing up in a real way, it stands out, and, yeah. you know, cause there are like people that have 500,000 followers and they're doing bikini shots yeah. and it's like, there's no, there's no substance. I know. And I know. so that's just, you know, that's its own thing. It and is. I don't have to worry about that. Right. You know? exactly. I just like do my stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I, I know. think that's so, all that you said is so important with that self-worth piece. And, you know, more often than not, when we had those conversations and, you know, we're probably very lucky that we have such supportive, loving husbands. Yeah. But, you know, I will say things when I have the bravery to kind of face my husband's like, yeah, totally. Like, of yeah, course, do right? whatever you want. Here's that. Here's that. Yeah. But it's, it's the courage to face it within myself and then have those difficult conversations. Yeah. And I mean, that's where the vulnerability comes in. Totally. And I look at that whole thing as, a, you know, it, it's, um, it's a great way for me to look at my relationship and where mm-hmm. it's easy for me, for all of us to just like blame the other person where something's yes. not happening. But I, what I realize is so much of the time when we're at each other arguing or, you know, just not in a good place. I am not being truly vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, I'm coming at a place of just believing that he's not being supportive and he's not seeing all that I'm doing, et cetera, and so on. Mm-hmm. And when in reality, it's something very different. It's that I am in a place of I'm judging myself. I don't yeah. feel like, you know, we've made enough money on Totem yet, or mm-hmm. I want to be working faster now because my kids are a little bit, I mean, still 19 months old, but yeah, I, I mean, you know, yeah. You want to enjoy the, that time. I you never do. get it back. I know. And I, you know, and I know a lot of people are like, don't say that because that's pressure. But for me, I just, that's very present for me. Yeah. And I know how fast it goes. Yeah. And I think with you and I both having one that's a little bit older, yeah. you're like, hold on, that's still my baby and they're seven. It's so insane. when you have a little one, you're yeah. like, I know firsthand. Yeah. It's not a grandma telling go. me this. No. Like I know firsthand you know, it goes bones. fast. Yeah. yeah. And so for me, I'm intentionally growing slowly. And that's against all the old mm-hmm. stuff that I mentioned, all of that old like striver and accomplishment and all of this. Um, so I really have to constantly go back to, you know what, Aaron, if you're feeling like, you know, your husband is not being supportive, you need to stop and think, may, what are you making it mean mm-hmm. when he does or says X, Y, Z? Because really it's that you are out of line with how you really want to grow and how you're growing, yeah. you know? And, and those are the conversations where we're really able to move things forward. And I remember I looked at my numbers at the end of the year. And I was like, okay, when we're in grocery, I'm really losing money. But when I do this direct to consumer, I'm making money. And, you know, this, the, the t-shirt went well and the cookies, you know, again, went well, uh, direct to consumer, et cetera. But I had some hurdles and things I wanted to 
fine tune. And I, it's so weird and so lame of me. Like the feminist, feminist in me hates that I always get like afraid to have a numbers talk with my husband. Because mm, I do. Mm-hmm. That's so embarrassing mm-hmm. for me, but I do. I get that way too. Ugh. I hate talking numbers. Yes. And I, I need, well, I need to reframe that. I don't hate, I'm learning same. to be more comfortable with money talk and numbers. Same. And I think we all are. I think yeah. that's such a thing for women right now. And I, I think it can be really empowering just to actually look at it and have the conversations yeah. and get, figure out again, it's the same kind of practice of, what is the fear? What's really my belief here? Yeah. And it's really, again, a value thing. Like I'm not a value unless I'm X, Y, Z or a comparison thing. And it's also having compassion for ourselves, which just hearing you, I can also share it with everyone and myself of we're creating a new paradigm. Yes. We were not modeled this. We don't know it's what all point. this means, you know? It's a great and so, point. And our husbands have never seen it. Like right. the men in our lives have never seen it. It's everything is shifting. And we just have to kind of take that breath and be like, I don't have to be, quote unquote, success out of the gate. Like, what does that even mean? Right. Because does success mean making six figures, but someone else is raising your kids? Right. For some people, yes. Right. But for a lot of us, no. Right. So it's just, it's figuring out like what works for you and your Mm -hmm. own family and your kids and course correct. And like, maybe like you, like you experience, you get down the line and your kids having some real big feelings about Mm -hmm. things and you have to course correct. Yeah. And you have to be like, okay, how am I going to handle this? A hundred percent. And it's, I mean, that's the thing with motherhood. It's always changing and it's always finding new ways to get through it. And Absolutely. There's a saying that Yogi Bhajan, um, kind of a mantra that he says is there's a way through every block. And some days I just have to remind myself that throughout the day. It's like, this seems insurmountable to me right now, but there's a way through it. I'm going to figure it out. So true. It's going to take a minute. So true. I love that. Yeah. I lo- and I love what you said about, I'm going to take that with me big time about, you know, part of it, feeling so big and like such a big block is that it's a paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really thought mm-hmm. about that, you know, but that that's part of it. It's not like we've decided to sell a widget because we know it's like yeah. what all the people want, you know? Totally. Yeah. Um, this is, yeah. So I love that. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. Cause it's, it's not about like hawking shit that people don't need. Right. Like, exactly. That, I'm, like I have no interest Same. in any of that. Same. It's like, we just, we need to change the world and we're going to do it mother by mother. I agree. It's the only <laughs> way to do it. I love that. It's a good tagline. It's, it's so deep. Yeah. What did I just say? I'll have to rewind. Change the world mother by mother. <laughs> we're going to change the world. We're going to change the world. That's right. And then, I mean, I feel like this could be five conversations. Every guest, I'm like, you have to come back. And we're just oh. like hitting the top. Yeah. But how, just coming into the postpartum realm a little bit, mm-hmm. how... Did you experience your postpartum times different with each child? So we kind of heard yeah. the story of your first. Yep. And then how did that manifest and look different for your second and third? Yeah, great question. So the second and third looked a lot better for mm-hmm. me because I was so curious about why that first time mm-hmm. went wrong. And so for one thing, one of the choices that I made that really served me was that I absolutely did not take pain meds mm-hmm. after giving birth. I mean, and they were really heavily pushed. And I said, you know, no, thank you. I'm not doing Mm -hmm. that. And, you know, here's the other thing. You're given so much more respect if you've already had a baby. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. They're like, don't fuck with her. She's had a right? kid. Exactly. We and can't like, just like, this get, like tell her everything. Exactly. Gonna follow. Yeah. Exactly. So I was able to stand in that mm-hmm. and, and, and avoid those. And that made a huge difference. My son, I didn't mention was huge. I mean, he was mm. eight pounds, 12 ounces. Whoa. Yeah. Then our, our daughter was seven and a half, which isn't tiny, but it was a lot easier yeah. and happened more quickly. And also 
there was this amazing, I just got lucky. I was at St. John's, so I didn't mm-hmm. do home birth or birthing center. I was at the hospital all three times, but I had this midwife who was from Kenya and yeah. she was just lovely. And it was, I don't know if you relate to this, but I was in transition, which is the hardest part of labor. Mm-hmm. And every time- The death zone. Yes. I just yes. Oh my gosh. All three times. And I mean, I'm, I'm not a screamer in labor. I go mm-hmm. deep inside. Mm-hmm. And I just get very serious choose my words very wisely. <laughs> and I, with my husband, I remember the first time he was like trying to do this thing that we learned in Bradley and he was super sweaty and he kept touching me and I was just going, no touching, yeah, no, no touching, stop. no touching. Yeah, <laughs> like a robot. So the second time when I was in transition and it got really real, I said to my husband, I got very serious with him, looked him straight in the eye and said, I was wrong. I know I did this once, but I don't want to do it again. I need drugs. It's too hard. I'm done. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I know, I know. Because he knew Mm, he'd seen this before. So, but the midwife was amazing. And she came and she really talked to me in such an empowering way and said, you Mm. are such a warrior. And I've Mm. seen what you're able to do. And you are going to meet this baby so soon. And I ended up I thought I had to go to the bathroom, which, I mean, we all know how that story ends. Like I went into the toilet <laughs> and I'm pushing and she's like, get her out of there right now. Wow. Like get a towel and get mm-hmm. her out of there. And I delivered um, on all fours and it was Amazing. so easy. On the floor, on the bed? On the bed. Yeah, I made okay. it to the bed. My yeah. husband, I was like, you're gonna have to carry me. Like, what? <laughs> like you have a baby crowning and you're like, no. <laughs> so I somehow got to the bed and our doctor came in and according to my husband, he looked, she looked at me and took her hands and kind of like flipped them around and had this like crazy quizzical look on her face. Like what's going on? She couldn't wow. tell like wow. what was the head? What was the, it was, she was very confused, but she basically <laughs> just caught the baby. Wow. So Arabella, Amazing. our second was by mm-hmm. far my easiest recovery name. was very easy. All of that. I do think I went back to work and went back into a working mindset too quickly. Mm-hmm. It was when I was at WME and mm-hmm. I didn't really have any maternity leave because I was a consultant mm-hmm. at that time. Thanks to like that setup mm-hmm. that I told you about. So they were like, look, you know, just stay engaged because you really don't have a leave. And so that's the one piece I regret. I wish Mm -hmm. I had had like a true pause with her. But then with our third, I, you know, had just begun the first steps of starting Totem. You know, I had incorporated and gotten our federal trademark and got the website, all of that Mm -hmm. stuff while I was pregnant with him. And so I decided I was just going to like really first 40 days, the whole thing. And mm-hmm. so for those of you who aren't aware, just the mentality comes a lot from Chinese culture and also from um, some Hispanic and Mexican culture that a woman should really stay inside for the first 40 days after childbirth. And really the focus is on taking care of and repairing the mother. And I had done reading about all that and I just thought, you know, this is my last baby and I'm going to do it. And I mean... I didn't do, I wasn't able to do everything that's suggested. I mean, I wish we had that kind of culture, but I really made a point of, I'm just going to sit with this baby. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let anybody that's able to help me do, pick up and drop off of the older kids and do, you know, play with them in the more like gross Mm -hmm. motor ways that I can't. And I would do little puzzles on the floor with the older kids with our baby. But I spent a lot of time just nursing him and in bed with him and just being really, really slow. It's amazing. And I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. It was it was so really important. great. Especially it is. with like the second and third. I know. It's just it's such a huge part of the healing process. It really is. And the bonding time. Because oh. 
I you know. don't get that just alone, alone time that you do with your single kid. You don't. I know. I know. And that's that's tricky too. Yeah. I mean, that's that's hard. And that, that's uh, been the hardest thing for me. can't even imagine with three, the juggle. Like the juggle with two is so real. I have to say for me, three, I didn't ever know what women were talking about. I mean, I just, it just wasn't my experience when people would say like, I mean, motherhood is so hard and being a mom is so hard. I certainly had my moments where I was like, this is rough, but I didn't feel that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I felt for those women, but it wasn't my experience until I had three. Mm -hmm. I got out of my league with three. Mm -hmm. It just, and I think it's that part of me that I mentioned, I like to really kind of compartmentalize and I'm a Libra. So I love I that love balance. Oh, you When's do? your birthday? October 21st. Jemima's so close to Scorpio. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I love, love that. Very cool. <laughs> so I think, you know, it's that constant need for balance. Yes. And with three, it's just not there. Yeah. And I'm constantly, you know, if I'm, if our middle is having a tantrum and the baby falls over a while and focusing on her and then our third is really just needing some connected time with me. I just feel like there aren't enough of me yeah. to go around. And, yeah. you know, it's such a cliche of like, you're outnumbered. You got to do like zone defense, which are such male mm-hmm. ways of looking at it. <laughs> that doesn't resonate with me mm-hmm. because I was often outnumbered. So to speak, my husband had like really long hours and worked mm-hmm. a lot of weekends on call a lot. And I was fine with mm-hmm. the piece of like me doing that alone. I mean, I missed him and I felt bad that he would miss out on things, but I was used to you being handling two it. on yeah. one. Yeah. But with three, I feel out of my depth alone with them. It just feels always mm. off kilter. Mm. I feel I'm always failing one of them. I'm not showing up the best. I don't have the patience that I'd like to have. So I really find myself like, wow, like this is what women were talking about yeah. when they feel like motherhood is really hard and they just want to like hit the ejector button sometimes. Yeah. And I look back to when I was working full-time when I had George and Arabella and I thought it was so much easier. Oh yeah. I have friends that are like, it is, I'm going back to work. Like this shit is too hard. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's true. And I mean, at least you don't live in LA anymore. (laughs) That's true. You have nature and the kids can run and you're right on the beach. I mean, thank God for that blessing. Yeah. That's huge. I mean, the the nature piece is huge huge. and we really love that. But I mean, you still, it's, that's the other thing is I, I worry. I mean, they have exposure to so much more than I did. I worry about them getting spoiled and taking mm. things for granted. And, mm-hmm. you know, and even in the best of conditions, it's moods, it's emotions yeah. with kids. Yeah. I mean, at these ages, like almost seven, four and 19 months, wow. just uh, the emotions are at all different totally. places, you know? Yeah. Our son will hear something nasty at school and not know how to process it. And I've mm-hmm. learned how he pro- he processes a lot like my husband, mm-hmm. like a really slow, observant processor. Mm-hmm. And so if he's having a tantrum, I have to really slow down mm-hmm. and wait for him to tell me what's up. And that's extremely hard for mm-hmm. me. I want to be like, what's going on? Yeah. Tell me, let's confront it, yeah. work through it, move on. That doesn't work with mm-hmm. him. And our daughter is much more like me. Mm-hmm. She's like, just kind of let it all out and mm-hmm. it's going to be really ugly, but then we're going to move on, you right, know? It's a quicker yeah. repair. So that's that's my difficulty right now. And, you know, it will, in some ways, it'll get so much easier as mm. baby Bo grows. Right. Because it is, it's so hardcore, just the care of a baby. Yes, I it mean, is. It, it gets, is. so many things get easier, but then yeah. as they get older too, then you have so much different emotions and schools and yep. the social aspect and the yep. learning things. And- yeah. I think the thing that started to be easy for me right before I had Bo and is hard again now with a baby is the predictability mm. of childcare that sort of school creates. Like totally. school creates this 
guilt-free childcare. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so freeing. Like when I was yeah. working with Jemima, it was like, sweet. This yeah. is totally my time. Now it's totally different. Yeah. Like, yeah. The juggling baby. like we were talking about. Yep. The nanny. And when you don't have the nanny. Yes. Yeah. There's literally no ability to work when you don't have the child support. Right. Like it just cannot happen. It can't happen. So, well, and I tried that so when we moved. Hard. That was part of our thesis yeah. is I thought, I, I adore our nanny. I also felt like, I want to be the one raising our kids and also the culture of having to have a nanny I wasn't mm-hmm. used to. I wanted it to be more my family and babysitters here and there. And that's a great idea. But I think the nanny thing, again, it's a very privileged idea that you wouldn't yes. have a nanny. Yeah. But it's in, in a culture like LA where everything's spread out. I mean, I missed a meeting yesterday and I was beside myself because uh, it was seven miles away, which takes an hour it's and a half. Crazy. I mean, it's I know, crazy. It's crazy. But when you're that isolated and you don't have family around, you know, you really need somebody to help. And the only way to do it is to pay somebody. Yeah. And it's a job that somebody's looking for. So yeah. you're it, creating a village. You, you have to are. Pay for the village, which, exactly. is, which is a very privileged thing. It is. But it's, um, you know, it can be a necessity, yeah. you know, if you're... And, and I mean, we, again, we don't have government-sponsored daycare like right. they do in yeah. a lot of places in Europe. So... Yeah. Anyway, I I noticed when we moved that I had this vision of how I wasn't going to have a nanny and I would have babysitters here and there and then my mom. And it was extremely unpredictable. Mm -hmm. And so I realized, and for me, a healing thing for me is to be able to name what's bothering me Mm -hmm. and then find a solution. Mm -hmm. So just talking about it and thinking, I thought it's the predictability. It's that You know, my mom is retired and she's used to her retired lifestyle. And so when she's there, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable and I don't think she's really like thrilled for me to just be like, okay, I expect you to be here from 730 until three o'clock. No, that's, that feels so wrong. Um, but therefore I'm going, if I need predictability and we have to, if we're going to set meetings and get things to a store on time, you have to have predictability. It It just, it bugs you out. I mean, I was having some, cause I was cobbling my care the past year together. Like feel you some, like someone in the morning and then Anna, you know, would come in the afternoon and it was just, there's so many moving parts and I was at work missing her already. And it just, I got really real with myself like a month ago of like, I have added so much stress yes. to my body. I'm sad for myself. Yeah. Because it's just crazy. Yeah. So something has to change. Yes. I'm like, I figured it out, God willing, now. But that's exactly it's where just I such was. a thing for women. And it's it like, is. you know, when our nanny isn't here or has, you know, had a lot of family emergencies, it doesn't affect my husband. You know, oh, he no. goes to work, he's doing his thing. It's like, 100%. I am derailed. And like, if I can't show up for my client, that's my professionalism on the line. I know. It's like, it's a real deal. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Well, and I, it, it occurred to me the other day when, you know, our sitter canceled and it was, I found myself in the middle of the day and having to shift things and bend things around. And it was super stressful. And cause it was last minute. So and I thought, oh my gosh, like it never even remotely occurred to my husband to say, let me change my schedule at work. Mm-hmm. Like it never does. I mean, mm-hmm. all of those things are always on the woman. And that's mm-hmm. not, that's not a dig at him personally. It's cultural. Yeah. This, this, These are the expectations, you know? Yeah. And I have to say, I have to own my side of it though, which is I like being parent in chief. Mm-hmm. I feel really connected yeah. to our kids. I have really strong instincts about what they need. That's why I said, you know, mm-hmm. I felt weird when I wasn't the one observing the behavior all day because yeah. I didn't know what was up. Yeah. Um, so that's I so like crazy with your own person. kid. You're like, why do I not know right? what's going on with my I own know. kid? 
That's why I have to be around enough. Your conscious mother, which you are yeah. completely. Well, thank you. It's like heartbreaking. It is. Yeah. And so I have to own it that like mm-hmm. as much as I'm a feminist and mm-hmm. I want to help create the, a culture that is more supportive of us and I like being the yeah. default parent, so to speak. So yeah. I have to own the fact that I've chosen that. Mm-hmm. So I understand why he feels that way. Mm-hmm. But I also, for me, I think the real missing piece is acknowledgement. Totally. I just want him to say, well, you know, thanks for moving everything around today. Mm-hmm. I know that had to be hard. Yeah. That's all. Totally. Totally. And you know what's interesting is having the second brought that up in me because mm. I just told David and luckily he works near here. Good. But I'm like, this is fucked. Like, yeah. this is not cool. And so it's close enough where he can like leave work, go get her, take oh, her nice. back to the office. Like we've started that because with two, I was like, this, yeah. something has to give. You can't be two places yeah. at once. Yeah. yeah. So I feel grateful that that can happen mm-hmm. when we really need it. Yes. You know, that's but, great. But it's, um, but sometimes it doesn't work. I mean, sometimes yeah. it's, he can't, he has 12 meetings a day, right. you know, and it's like, it's not doable. So yeah, it is just very real. And I think, I mean, this is kind of off topic, but I think this also isn't talked about very much, which I feel really passionate about is if we are privileged enough so we can go do our work to have caretakers and nannies, like we have to pay them well. Yes. And I feel like any woman yes. that's out there on Instagram, like killing it, doing their work, you know, they're only doing it because they have support. Yes. No one's doing it all. Yes. And I just think it's, I wish that like every like Gwyneth Paltrow or like mm-hmm. every famous mom killing it mm-hmm. was like showing pictures of their nanny and are just like writing love letters to I them know. because it's like there, and especially in LA, like there is so much money. There's so many resources. And these are the kids that are trusted with, I mean, the people that are trusted with our kids, yes. like everything, driving them, yes. going, you know, picking up from school, feeding them, feeding them, like healing their wounds, giving them so much love. Yep. And it just needs to be regarded in a different light. hundred percent. And budgeting for that, yes. you know? Yep. I mean. I couldn't agree more. And I also think, you know, I was just having a conversation with somebody last night about this where, you know, there's a woman who, you know, is pretty influential and she hired a nanny full time, but isn't telling anybody that. Mm -hmm. And like still the talk track on Instagram is I'm, you know, only with my baby and I'm taking this year just with my baby Mm -hmm. and everything's perfect. And I think you're doing a disservice to so many people. Totally. But you know what? Lifting out of that, lifting out of like the judgment piece that I'm going into, it really made me pause and say, what does that mean for that mom? Mm -hmm. And I think what is really going on is that mom feels she's failing. Right. She feels a sense that she's accountable to the community that she's created. Mm-hmm. She feels a sense that she had this vision of how she was going to be a full-time mom to her child, but she's not able to make those two things hang together yeah. and she needs help. But she's so ashamed mm-hmm. that she needs help that she can't admit it to yeah. herself and the community. So I, instead of kind of being like ragging on that mom, I just stopped and was like, no, what? No, it's actually kind of sad that women feel that they have to be ashamed that they're getting help. Cause I'm sure she hit a moment where she was like, I can't do this and I'm going to need to pay for help. I mean, that's the bottom line. We shouldn't have to. And, but I, I mean, I totally hear that. Yeah. And coming at it from another place and maybe it will be part of her journey to right. be cracked open, to be able to share that. Totally. Because no one is doing it all alone. No. Or not doing it well. No, a hundred percent. And I think that's, you know, I love, 
what you shared in the beginning of like really writing down, defining what is success to you yep. and kind of like your principles. Yeah. As and a value wife driven and a mom, success. You know, and yeah. yeah. And as a woman yep. of how you want to show up in this world. And yep. I think, you know, that's a really good exercise. I'm going to do that. Oh, cool. About like <laughs> really being in control of how I want to show up. Yeah. And it's not money-based. It's not this patriarchal yeah. paradigm because we're right. giving so much more to this next generation. Absolutely. And and also like honoring as a mom, you know, we're doing so much work. Mm-hmm. Anything, you know, when the baby's sick or the vaccines or anything, mm-hmm. like we're doing hours of research, Yeah, you oh, know, yeah. for everything. Yes. I feel like everything that comes with our kids and like the kind of preschool <laughs> we want to go to, like all the tours, all the mommy oh, yeah. books, you know, all the kid books. The mental load. The mental load. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot we're holding space for. So much, so much. And even then once they're in school, all the, you know, teacher appreciation mm-hmm. and last week of school and this and that. Oh and my you, gosh. So any one on. of those things, I would like teacher appreciation. Hell yeah. Yeah. I wish I had so much bandwidth to get. I would love to write yeah. every teacher a love letter every day, bring them something special every day. But that's me. I'm like, I'm going to fucking fail at that. Yeah. And I think that's where my stress comes from. Like, here's another thing. I have a vision of how I want to do it. Mm-hmm. And then there's the reality of what I can get done. Yeah. And I think that disconnect is what creates a lot of stress for, yeah. for women and totally. moms. You know? And especially working with women, you know, this is something I, I've struggled with. Again, coming back to like the professionalism and the nanny mm-hmm. situation and just taking ownership of it. And since I work with new moms, postpartum moms, of being like, just being in more acceptance mm-hmm. and empathy with myself. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully when they see that, then they can have that with themselves. Yes. Of like, I'm really sorry. I'm running 45 minutes late because my nanny was late. And yeah. there's literally nothing I can do about it. And I'm <laughs> sorry. Yeah. But like, let's just forgive each other and move right. on. And I'm going to come and I'm going to give you great care for the day. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter because you're lying in bed all day right. anyway. Right, right. But just like easing up. Yes. And then if we can do that for all our mom friends, you know, I'm such a big believer. It's like if a girlfriend, if we have dinner plans, my girlfriend yep. calls the last minute. It's like, my three-year-old's having a tantrum. I'm like, this is too much. I'm like, can't, let's cancel. Yeah. Like, let's not put this pressure on each other. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And I think more. the more we talk and share, then mm-hmm. it's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I find when I'm judgmental of other moms, it's because I'm putting that pressure on myself. You know, yes. I see it with my friends. I can see it when they're being really judgmental of me mm-hmm. and I'm not like showing up on time mm-hmm. or making an effort. It's like, it's because they're pushing themselves so much to show up and right. raise and not letting themselves off be the how hook. they are. Yeah, yeah. off the hook. A hundred percent. No, that's it's all so just true. so cumulative. It really is. And I, I mean, thank you for saying that because it's so true. And I always, my sister and I joke that we like it when people are late because we feel like it creates this bank of goodwill for oh us. So I'm like, I know I'm going to be late. And totally. I know for some women, totally. there's a woman I really admire who gets like absolutely furious if someone's late. And she's mm. one of those who believes like it's just disrespect of a woman's time and mm-hmm. makes this whole thing. And I, I'm sorry, that is just not for me. me I know like things change. And also, by the totally. way, when you're reliant on somebody else, like, you don't want to get mad at the nanny. No, it's out of your she control. She has a whole life know, too. Exactly. So you don't want to sit in that and be resentful because no. she has a whole world and my goodness, the work that I know, they do. The work you know? and their own kids. And, yeah. and why do I want to be a bitch to her? Because I'm like pissed that she's 10 minutes late and right. that's the tone. She's going to be with my yes. kid all day. Yeah, Like totally. it's just, it's so layered. And I, know. I mean, just full disclosure, you texted me that you're running a little yep. bit late. I was like, great. You were the thank best. Thank God. I know. mine was too. And yes. now I get to wash my hair. Exactly. We had this whole <laughs> situation. And by the way, I was real. So, I'd never met you before, but I was like, thank God she's the one that I'm sending this to. I feel like she's going to be really gracious oh with God. me. And you were. I said. And I was so 
honestly, yeah. it made me happy. Oh my gosh. I know you're like, <laughs> I'm, I'm taking a shower. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. you know, we could share those things. I mean, yeah. that's just a little example, but it's like, it is actually big because you don't spend 20 minutes in traffic freaking out and like right. killing your adrenals. Yeah. And like swimming in cortisol. Right. Right. It's so true. It's so true. So. Yeah, oh, thank you grace for each so other. much for thank coming. You. I would I love, love to have this. you on again. There's so oh, much to talk loved about. It. I just really so honor your work and I thank respect you. you so much. And you're just coming from such an authentic place. So oh, thanks, Mimi. Thank you so much for this work and sharing. Thank you. Well, thank you too. It's all the same to you. Thank you. So grateful to be here. Thanks. Much love. Much love to you. Jai Ram Jai Ram